by listening right at 2 o'clock on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I know this is definitely not who you were expecting to hear on After Dark with Dusty, but Dusty is having technical problems up in St. Joe that we cannot control. He is getting that fixed right now. And while we get that worked out and situated, we are going to play an interview for you guys while we get this situated. It is going to be the interview that Cody and Gold actually had a couple days ago with Richie James. And here, have a listen to it right now for you guys. Our Ag Power broadcast tent with Chiefs wide receiver Richie James. Richie, we uh, we appreciate you stopping by. We didn't know we were going to have you today, man. We've been wanting to talk to you a little bit. Newcomer to the, to the Chiefs, but obviously a lot of eyes on that wide receiver room. How are things going so far? Oh, it's smooth, man. Uh, you know, learning the offense, learning what's going on around here. Uh, loving the kingdom. As you can see, they, they're really faithful out here, man. So I love it out here. Yeah, how does that compare, though? You were, you've been in a couple spots. You've been out in the Bay Area. You've been in New York. How, how does this compare? I've never seen them like it. Even uh, when it's lightning outside, they're still here. So uh, that tells you everything you need to know about the kingdom. Do you ever go by Rich James? Rich. Okay. People call me Rich. Okay. I never heard Rich James, but, I mean, you can call you me. You know the Chappelle you. skit, though, where we're going, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you never gone by that, though, right? Yeah. Because uh, so that's what our text lines always want us to call you. Is yeah. it's, it's, it's Rich James blank. Obviously, I okay. can't say yeah, that yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but that's where we're at with you right now in Kansas City. That's that's fair. I, I'll okay. accept that out here. Okay. I'll accept that's that out here. How do, you like, uh, how do you like the traveling to training camp aspect that Andy Reid puts together? I know it can be tough in the, in the Midwest with the heat, mm-hmm. but uh, what's it like coming together with the team and, and meeting new guys and kind of building that relationship? Uh, like you said, uh, just being in a, uh, a secluded area with you know, a whole bunch of guys, like going back to college, yeah, uh, it definitely brings a, a team aspect to it. Uh, you know, you rooming with guys, and you know, you never really got the chance to room with in college, so right. uh, it, it, it brings that college feeling bad of just a grind, you know, and you know, it brings that, that team and that commodity, you know, together. We had a chance to, to talk with Sky Moore a couple days ago. He said you're out of the wide receiver group because you guys run similar routes, but you, you look different, he said, when you run the route than he does. But he likes watching you more than anybody else in the wide receiver room. What I guess what do you make of Sky, but what do you make of that comment? Uh, no, nah, shout out to Sky. Uh, you know, I, that's all I love you know, from this end. Um, but I like watching him, to, to be honest with you. you know, I learn from everybody, but uh, definitely guys in my position. Um, he's, he's a guy in my position that, you know, inside and out. So I like watching him. Obviously, he knows the offense, so uh, just learning from him. I ask him questions sometimes. Hey, man, what you, what you thinking this? Uh, hey, what you doing this route? And, and, you know, shout out to Scott, man. Uh, you know, he's a great player, man. He's going to be even better this year, I believe. Yeah, what, what, you, what makes you, you see that? I mean, obviously, you weren't here uh, with him in his rookie campaign, and I don't know if you had a chance to watch him from afar. Obviously, the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, so I'm sure you, you had a chance to watch him throughout the postseason. But what do you think the biggest difference is for him this year? Uh, I think he's attentive. Uh, I think he's, he's locked in. Uh, he knows what's going on. Uh, you know, second year in the offense, it's, it's, hard, it's hard your first year to know what you need to do and what you need to accomplish. Um, and I think he got that down now. So he's going to definitely – he's going up right now, sure. Obviously, your opinion has probably been skewed a little bit since you've been with Patrick Mahomes. But when you're in New York and you're in San Francisco and you see the plays he makes and then all of a sudden you're on his team, outside of Kansas City, like what's the conversation about Patrick Mahomes? And then when you get here, what's the, like, what's the realization once you see it in, in your own eyes? Um, well, I threw a pat in 2016. I believe it's 2017 okay. uh, or 2018, one of the years. And, um, you know, you got, I got a glimpse of it. But then you watch him for a few years, play him in the Super Bowl. You're like, what the? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Okay. Then you actually get to practice with him. And you're like, bro, I've seen him make that, that play in the game before. Right. Like, But it's even more realistic when you're actually playing with him. How does he do that? Like, right. I, you just kind of question, man, is he human or not, to be honest with you. <laughs> He's the best quarterback in the league? 
Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. For when sure. you were in 2017, were you like, that guy? Like, that guy is going to be something. Yeah, yeah. All right. I yeah. already knew, man. You know, he was waiting 20 yards down the field to throw a bomb. You know, yeah. like, he's going to throw it. He's going to throw it. Oh, it's in the air. It's, I got to go catch it. You know what I'm saying? So you knew he was going to be something. But then you see it, and you're like, ah, well, no surprise. Right, yeah, yeah. Also, when you look at this team and you see Andy Reid, like, what's one thing that stood out right away with Andy Reid? Because I know a lot of people say, like, father figure, like, football nerd, gets up at 4 a.m., randomly calls people, hey, this play might work. What's one thing that, like, you and Andy Reid might have built, like, right when you got here? Because offensive mindset, offensive guy, I assume that there was probably some sort of conversation to be had. Um, just the amount of respect that, you know, everyone gives him. Uh, you know it. You know he's a Hall of Fame coach regardless, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's just the amount of respect everyone gives him. It, it, it's like, oh, man, you, you don't want to mess up. You want to play hard for him. Like, you know what I'm saying? But he he, he kind of helped you out by, you know, building trust and, you know, telling you a good job and, you know, conversating with you, telling you what you need to do and how you right. can get better. We're talking to Richie James, Chief Wide Receiver here Rich on James. 610 Rich Sports James. Radio. Rich James, he says man. either works. He, <laughs> said, it, it'll work he now. said either works. Whatever. Yeah, awesome. Away from the field, though. I mean, now you guys are what nine days away, I guess, from something your your first preseason game or so. Away from the field, what do you what do you do? Get to know you a little bit. Away from the field, maybe you're back at, at the dorm room. How do you how do you unwind? What do you do to relax? Um, you know, I try to go back and watch old sitcoms, uh, mm. like what My Wife and Kids, or you know, Bernie Mac show, okay. or Martin. Okay. It's any, anything to kind of like get my way my mind away from football. Uh, play the game, obviously. Uh, Call of Duty, GTA, wherever you want to, yeah. you want to name. Um, I just kind of relax as much as I can. You know, talk, talk on the phone to my people and stuff like that. But uh, not too much. You know, you can't get too far away from it because it's always going to be on your mind. You know, you want to get better and you know, work on your craft and stuff like that. Yeah, you said you come to camp. What are the three essentials you had to bring to, to Missouri West to kind of <laughs> fill in the dorm room? <laughs> uh, definitely your own pillow and your yep. sheets and your, you know, a bed or something like that. Uh, I would say my game for okay. sure. Um, refrigerator, you know, you know. Sometimes at night you get thirsty, man. Yeah, <laughs> you need that. Uh, that was three, or that was. That was uh, it's what? Yeah, pillow, uh, what, what, what's, refrigerator. What's what's the mistake that rookies make maybe in their first camp? Like from that perspective, like are they, are they bringing too much stuff? They're not bringing the right things, or what is it? I think uh, overpacking for sure. Ah. Uh, you know, you get in that dorm room is like. It's a little square, dog. You, you overpack. <laughs> you can't really move around. You can't lay on the floor. You to stretch if you wanted to and stuff like that. But I think it's overpacking or underpacking. You know, you got to wash clothes weekly. And you don't really want to. That's too much time where you can just, you know, do something else. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like a very key asset would be like a fan. I don't know if you're a fan sleeper, but I feel like you got to stay cool, <laughs> especially when you're out here and, and you never know what storm's going to hit, what weather's going to be here. That's fair. It's been a wild stormy year. I don't know if you're a storm guy or you're a weather guy, but. <laughs> Every time I wake up now, I have to look at the radar, and I've just started doing that. You know what? I didn't know that it rained, and, you know. It normally it, doesn't. Yeah, like it rained <laughs> out, like this hard out here, and then it, you know, get back to getting sunny and stuff oh, like that. Oh, it's about to make us melt. Oh, yes, what I'm hour. saying. Like, yeah. I didn't, it feels like Florida to me almost, you know. Uh, that's, yeah, little yeah, swampish, like, it, yeah, little swampish like, vibe. Yeah, it, it can be like this, but it's like, it's fucking, what, what is wrong? <laughs> it's like sweating out here. Yeah. Like, yeah, what? <laughs> what, crazy. Uh, what can Kansas City and all these Chiefs Kingdom people, what can they see from uh, Rich James? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, man. I just play hard, man. I love this game. Uh, I, I love the, you know, the red and white and, or gold. Um, I just, you know, just playing hard. I just like to play, and I just want to get back to the Super Bowl. That's the, that's the mindset they, you know, they preached early on, and I'm like, yeah. okay, I want to live in that same moment too, you know. Who do you want to play in the Super Bowl? San Fran, New York? Line them all up. Who cares? Okay. I don't care. I like I don't that. Care, I like know? that. Yeah, matter. Thank you. yeah, absolutely. Richie James, Chiefs wide receiver. Really appreciate you stopping by, man. Yeah, appreciate y'all. There yeah, you go. Yeah, for sure. That's sure. Richie James yeah, yeah, here on 610 Sports Radio. We
I know, I know. It's still me, the intern JT. Why is he talking? We're still having those technical difficulties up in St. Joe. You just heard from uh, ride receiver, excuse me, Richie James. That was yesterday on Cody and Gold. And now, still with the problems, we're going to throw it to Nate Taylor, who's actually was on uh, the drive yesterday with Carrington and Rob. And he's talking about the suspension of a mini who. We're going to get him going. And then hopefully when we get back, it will be with uh, Dusty. Dusty is getting those fixed. And hopefully by the time we come back, Dusty will be ready to go and ready to uh, start his show. Sorry again for the de- technical difficulties, but here's Nate Taylor in his interview with The Drive. To The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. into the drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. We normally don't bother this person, but it is Friday, so we just need to start getting back into the vibe of it anyway. Nate Taylor with The Athletic joins us on the show today. We got breaking news. Nate, it's football season, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, You're all right. We do need to get back in that Friday swing, so thanks for having me on. Um, And yeah, fascinating that Brett Veach uh, was our intro to this segment. Absolutely. So I know we have to talk about Charles Amina, who I understand that, but we have to ask you your answer to this. So we were going through this tweet by Marty Fish about the top five most condescending names. Number five was Bud, four was Fella, three was Pal, two is Big Guy, and one is Chief. Do you have a name that you would add to the list? Because I put Boss on the list and yes. Champ. The, 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 those yes. were two names to me that should definitely be in the top five. Yeah, Chief is just I mean, just appalling. And um, boss is just ridiculous. Like, dude, I'm not your boss. Stop it. I hate it. Um, it. It annoys Holly to to a great deal when some guy's like, sorry, boss. Sorry, boss. And it's like, I, like no, like, <laughs> don't say that to my wife. <laughs> and so you always got to give the glare to the dude. Like, come on, man. Like, what, what are you doing? Um so no, I would. I think Chief is very up there. Um, I would say, God, I would say Boss is second, and no one, no one's really said Champ, but uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be thrilled with that either. Right now, we're talking to Nate Taylor of the Athletic. All right, Nate, let's get to even more serious things. Charles Aminahu, he is out for the first six games. I think we're at the point that these things should be expected. Like we kind of know enough of how the NFL works that if you are accused of violence against a woman, they're going to review it in the off season. And more than likely when you get back, you're going to get between four to six games. Is this something that the chiefs were factoring in whenever they were negotiating with Charles and when they were adding them to the team? Yeah, I think that's all fair Carrington. Um, you know, the chiefs were probably hoping that it would be four games, something similar or basically identical, I should say to Willie Gay's suspension from a year ago, again, around this time, um, as you're getting ready for the regular season. It's six games. Um, you know, I know there were fans last year who were frustrated because, it's, you know, it's not physical violence necessarily against um, the woman, the mother of his child uh, in, re- in regards to Willie Gay. It wasn't anything physical. Um, but in this case, um, given all the details that we know, at least as of right now, about Charles Minahue and his own incident, with his own significant other, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that it's six games, um, but it's hard to find what the least precedent is. We've talked about that before, Carrington. One year, it could be this. 
video comes into play. So that kind of that kind of warps the entire process in and of itself. Um, you could go to the league office, like you know Alvin Kamara, and say, "I'm really sorry. Please forgive me." Hey, you got three games. Uh, to my knowledge, Charles Lemonhew didn't do anything of of that nature. He didn't go to the league office, or it was not as you know it wasn't portrayed either to the media or publicly through you know Alvin Kamara and his uh, representatives that he was making a, a big effort to explain himself to the commissioner. And of course, all of this predates to the commissioner having the ultimate power, even within the collective bargaining agreement, he still really kind of has final say, uh, even to the degree of like a Deshaun Watson situation um, where he obviously terrorized a multitude of women and only got 11 games. So it's all stupid um, when you really think about it, but from an actual technical precedent nature, um, six games is kind of within the range um, because these things kind of change or fluctuate from year to year. Um, and so for the Chiefs, it's a little bit of a disappointment because they thought, hey, maybe this will be similar to what Willie Gay just got last year, which is that three to four game range. Instead, it's a six game situation where now, in my opinion, I wonder if I'm going to write about this later today for the athletic is just now it puts an even greater urgency on the Chris Jones saga and how long that's going to continue into training camp uh, moving forward. Right now, we're talking to Nate Taylor with The Athletic. I think the fair question is now, what does this mean for Chris Jones? Because I'm looking at their defensive line. George Karloftis had a strong second half to the season, but I don't know if you can count him as a proven defensive lineman yet. I don't know if he had that great of a rookie year. We could put him in that category just after one season. Felix just started practicing with the ones today for the first time so far this offseason. You've got Danny Shelton and Derek Noddy and some of these other guys. I look at Chris Jones as a need. Please get him into camp. It's time. It's time, fellas. It's time to get on the phone and have a real discussion. And it's time for the Chiefs to realize Chris Jones is a $30 million player. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean he'll get $30 million annually from the Chiefs in this uh, you know, contract negotiation and obviously whatever the the uh, extension is, I should say. But they need to they need to the the Chiefs need to move. And I'm telling basically the city that is my hometown, the 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 team that you root for, the football franchise that you root for needs to move closer to Chris Jones. It's probably time. Um, as I've re- reported before and written in the Athletic. If they do get a deal done with Chris Jones, they can immediately call Carlos Dunlap and try to engage him again as coming back to the team on another one-year deal. Last year it was one year, essentially three to four million. I think it was three million technically. Um, but hey, maybe it's this year one year four million because he knows the system. Obviously, he is proven. Um, he gives you length at the defensive line uh, from an edge standpoint, uh, so he can bat some balls down as well as generate some pressure on the quarterback. But look, um, I could trust. George Karloftis because I see the natural growth on the chart for him, especially going into year two. Um, I mean, Felix is going to get snaps, so I guess we'll see, you know, but I'm not expecting much out of him in September and October. The real change of the calendar is, hey, can you start to do what Karloftis did last year, which was around Thanksgiving? Um, yeah. uh, we didn't mention Tershawn Wharton yet, but he's the primary backup to Chris Jones, and he's coming off an ACL injury, so they need to be really slow in his ramp up to full team activities for training camp. And I don't even know if it's fair for Tershawn Wharton to play beyond maybe the third preseason game. Like there's no, like there's no real need to rush him uh, just because coming back from an ACL is so difficult. So when you put all of these 
elements into consideration. When you look at the big picture from how are we going to pressure the quarterback, the Chiefs are going to have to move to Chris. And Chris is going to have to come in and be a real leader and come in and be another superstar player whenever this thing gets sorted out. And if it doesn't get sorted out, if he misses the entire portion of training camp, which has not happened since I've covered this team since 2018, they've always had everybody in camp on time, focused on football. If Christmas is all of training camp, it will signify that not only is there friction between the two organizations, but it really pushes the Chiefs in a bind because they have no cap money. Look up sports track, look up over the cap. They have no money until they resolve this thing with Chris Jones, both for this year's salary cap and obviously as you're trying to project 2025 and 2026. Right now, we're talking to Nate Taylor of The Athletic. He covers the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't mean this as a knock towards Karloft. It's more just an observation or a statement of fact. We've also never seen Karloftis not play with one of the best defensive linemen in the league that now That's that you've true. changed yeah. what's around him, you know what I mean? Like last yep. year, yep. whenever whenever Karloftis figured it out, you played with second half of the season, playoff Frank Clark, and then you had maybe the best defensive tackle in the National Football League. If you take those things away early in the season and Jones isn't there and Frank Clark isn't there, so now they put more of the attention on you, what does that look like? That's why I just think this defense works with a very good to great Chris Jones. I'm not really sure how it works if they don't have that. The only way it works is with Spag's scheme and Spag's being a little bit more aggressive in September than he normally is. You know, Spag's likes to be – very vanilla, very rudimentary in September um, because he knows the offense is going to have a lot of advances because there's just no there's just no tape of what the Chiefs are going to do this year from an offensive standpoint. So what the Chiefs defense try to, tries to do most of the time is um, play assignments down, not give up big plays, maybe get a turnover here and there. And then, of course, as the season sort of progresses and Steve Spagnuolo understands what his defense can do, what they're good at, what they should try to limit, uh, he can start game planning and be game plan specific to certain opponents as you get closer to the postseason and then obviously pulling out all the stops in the postseason. Well, now you'd have to inverse it in a lot of ways. You have to say, we got to start lighting up quarterbacks on first down and we got to start telling the opposing quarterback, we're coming on third down, whether you like it or not, because I can't guarantee that we're going to get the same amount of pressure that we had last year. And for as much as, you know, Frank Clark had his issues with the Chiefs, um, he was a part of the reason that, like you said, with obviously Carlos Dunlap, with obviously Chris Jones, Tershawn Warden early in the year before the ACL. I mean, they generated the second most sacks in the league, I believe, last year. And so part of that is because of the scheme, but part of that is because they had a real nice rotation from the front line. You can't say that now. And so it will be incumbent upon guys like Drew Tranquil, Willie Gay, uh, Justin Reed to really get their hands on the ball or pressure the quarterback to where um, you can create some havoc and stop defenses or excuse me, stop offenses in that way versus what the team has normally done over the course of a regular season. Nate, what happened to Carlos Dunlap? Because it was probably two months ago, if I'm remembering correctly, he communicated, Hey, I would love to come back to the chiefs. And it kind of was like a, all right. And we just never really heard anything else about it. He was very good for the chiefs last year. I'm surprised that either a, he hasn't signed up with the chiefs. I'm either B, he hasn't surprised signing with anybody. He wasn't that expensive last year for Kansas city and certainly was worth it. What's going on with Carlos Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap at the ring ceremony in the middle of June. And I think this is what you're talking about. Carrington basically told everybody, hey, 
one-year deal. Just call me when it's ready. Like, hey, I'll be there at training camp. Or, hey, if this even goes into the early part of training camp, that's fine, guys. I know Chris has got to get his situation, you know, figured out. At the time, Frank Clark was still a free agent. And, of course, Chris has tried to recruit the idea to Frank that, hey, when I get my extension that's going to create cash space, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to take care of Carlos Dunlap and we can run this thing back. Well, obviously, Sean Payton is smart, and the Denver Broncos offered Frank Clark a contract that he felt he needed to take just because Frank Clark wanted to start training camp the right way, especially if he was going to be with a new team. So he's been with the Broncos from the start of training camp to obviously where we are now. Um, Carlos Dunlap is just waiting on a phone call, and there hasn't been a real injury yet in training camp that has expediated another team calling Carlos Dunlap. But I do want to remind Chiefs fans, with Yannick Ngakwe signing with the Chicago Bears yesterday, and the Bears have all the money of the cap space, whoever has an injury at the defensive end position can call Carlos Dunlap right now, and I would tell Carlos Dunlap, if I was his representative, hey, man, we have to actually listen and go through it because we don't know how long it's going to take between Chiefs and Chris, and if if this other team can offer you legitimate starter minutes, a legitimate role in the in the defense. If it's a contending team, a team that you think will have some level of success, uh, whether in the regular season or even have a chance to make a postseason run, then you know it's business. You have to consider the fact that you might not get what you want, which is essentially what happened with Frank Clark. It's kind of happening with Chris Jones, and so again, this just this just forces the hand for the Chiefs. You knew Charles Amendola he was probably going to get suspended. The problem is. Chris Jones has not taken a single rep with his teammates this year. And I know he plays defensive tackle, and I know he knows the system. But at some point, you need to get in a rhythm with your teammates. You need to get in football shape. And you're also not having another veteran that you can add onto the roster because you don't have cap space because the only way you can create cap space is by actually signing your best defensive player to a contract extension. So the Chiefs' hands are kind of tied, and until things get resolved, now even Carlos Dunlap, in my opinion, could be out in the open because another team could see how valuable he is and can offer him a spot in their system right now that the Chiefs cannot today. All right, Nate, I'm going to ask you these questions quasi-rapid fire. You can add as much context or as little as you want, but I want to try to get as many questions in between now and the end of the segment. Where are you at on Justin Ross? Do you have him making this, this 53-man roster? Played well in the preseason, you are on the roster, sir. Um, also, I know this isn't, like, glamorous, but at today's practice in St. Joe, they worked on the coffin corner drill. Justin Ross got down the field, caught the ball at the one-yard line. If he does that in a preseason game and shows he can contribute on special teams just as much as he can contribute on offense, yes, he will be on this year's team. Where are you at with Kadarius Tony? Where is he starting week one? He will start on the active roster, and then on Tuesday they will put him on injured reserve. Uh, short-term injured reserve is usually three to four weeks. For Kadarius Tony's sake and how the Chiefs operate with Andy Reid, I like to tell people people don't just come up off of injured reserve and then start unless your name is like Patrick Mahomes or like Travis Kelsey or Chris Jones. So give it about, yeah, week five against the Denver Broncos coming from a Sunday game to a Thursday night game. I think that's the game that fans can start to circle. They have to play the Minnesota Vikings. Or, no, they have to play I have the schedules all over me. But at some point, they play the Broncos on Thursday night. That's a quick turnaround. Could Kadarius Tony be available for that game in week seven, I believe? 
Nate, give me a percentage chance that you think Chris Jones reaches a long-term extension between now and the start of the season. A percentage that it gets done? Yeah, it gets done. I'm still around 65%. All right, give me a percentage that you think he gets traded. Zero. You can't do this. You cannot trade him if you're trying to win the Super Bowl. It's just, it's untenable. I can't tell you what the draft picks are going to be. Um, and look, there's no one to sign. It's not like you can just trade Chris Jones and then immediately add somebody else to the defensive tackle position. If you're trying to win the Super Bowl, Chris knows this. They know this. We know this. You can't trade him right now. What, what do you think is more likely, that he gets traded or that he misses week one by still holding out? Man, it would be incredible if this man missed game one. Um, if he decided that he was going to really maximize his value with the leverage that he has by proving to the Chiefs on banner night, on the opening night of the NFL season, I'm not going to be there? Who? I mean, that would be fascinating. I know Chiefs fans do not want that, and I completely understand why, but that's the, that is the height. You know, there's levels to this, Carrington. You know this. The highest level of explicitly showing your value to your organization while you are still under contract technically is you don't play that first game. Just ask Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sure he's not there anymore with the Cowboys, but Jerry Jones looked up and said, nah, not even I can do this. I, I need Ezekiel Elliott on my roster. And that was a few years ago. So just imagine if it's your best player on defense, again, when you're trying to start a title defense. Um, I think Andy Reid, Brett Beach, Clark Knott, I think they're all smart and they understand this. But if Chris really wants to hold a tight line and, hey, if it's $30 million, which is what I've reported, and if that's going to stay consistent, perhaps the best way to get $30 million a year is to show them in front of everybody on opening night, here's what the defense looks without me. That is our guy, Nate Taylor, joining us on the show today. Great stuff today, Nate. I appreciate you. Anytime, Kevin. Well, I'll just have to ask Trent McDuffie himself, who's joining us now yeah. on 610 Sports Radio. Trent, my co-host is back in KC. We were a little worried about the weather, yep, yep. maybe in electronics <laughs> and all that stuff. So bear with us. Normally, I get our guest snow cones. Is it warm enough for a snow cone? No, nah, it ain't a snow cone type of day. Definitely not. <laughs> the breeze is coming. The clouds is out. It's more like a hot chocolate kind of day for me. <laughs> That's Alex. That's right up your alley, man. Hey, man, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Even even runners. A lighter practice for you guys today, right, though, Trent? I mean, this was this kind of year. I don't know if you guys probably like today's practice. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was grueling yesterday. You know, we got a lot of reps in. Coach Reed definitely uh, packed those, those pads on us, and we got some good work in. But today, I mean, we still came out here, had a light practice, but definitely got the reps in, and Definitely got things cleaned up from yesterday. I, I, I noticed you, uh, you're rocking the 22 this year, though. You, you played this right. You, you waited for the college number. You didn't have to pay for it or anything. <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, shoot. I remember I talked to Juan Thornhill last year about it, and he was like, man, you could have had I was like, no, it's cool. It's your number. But as soon as he got out of there, I was the first one to be like, hey, y'all. Is that 22 still open? <laughs> I guess I wonder with stuff like that, you're trying to be like, well, I don't want to, like, show up the veteran guy. I understand. Right. So. You know, it's cool. I'll just I'll just wait a little bit for it. 100%. You didn't even try? I didn't even try. And, I mean, honestly, looking back now, 
it looked it worked out because now like the 21 is a little more special you know like all the fans and stuff who have 20 and i'm like look that's the only time you're gonna see 21 mcduffie in a chief's jersey so make sure y'all keep that one it's like the jordan 45 right exactly <laughs> you know it makes it a little more spectacular when you're talking about like year one year two we had sky on earlier he was talking about he's like boy the jump from western michigan to the nfl caught him quick yeah like the second he stepped onto an nfl training camp field and people started running around he was like uh-oh how has that transition been from year one to year two as far as your comfort when you first step on a field against a bunch of other NFL players yeah. to now? Yeah, I mean, shoot, kind of what Sky said. I mean, I remember rookie training camp to OTAs, it was like bullets were flying. Dudes were like Patrick Mahomes was throwing every perfect ball no matter where I was at, and I was so frustrated. I was like, dude, I just cannot get this ball. Like, what is happening? And then, man, over the course of last year and just learning more in the program and learning the plays and just being around the vets, um, coming in this year, I was a lot more confident. I feel like the game's really slowed down. And, I mean, when you look at the defense now, I mean, we're a bunch of hungry guys out there. And we're young and we're relentless and we definitely want to play with that attitude. Is it a hyper-competitive secondary group? Because we look at it, Alex and I have talked about it before, we look at it as like that's the strength of the defense right now. It's really deep. Yeah. feels yeah. like you guys have five, six, seven guys you're really comfortable with. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, Last year, that DB room was special because it was a bunch of young guys who were all coming in together, trying to learn everything together, and I feel like we cleaned a lot of things up from last year and this year. Um, I feel like we really turned the page, and there's a lot of confidence. Um, a lot of guys are sticking together, and, I mean, we're playing fast right now. I mean, when I look around, everybody who steps on that field is playing fast, and you love to see that. We're talking to Trent McDuffie here on 610 Sports Radio. What, what's the next step for you, though? I mean, for me, it, it seems like if I were to pick something, it, it'd probably be, all right, Trent McDuffie, how many picks are you going to have this year? Are we going to start seeing some interceptions? What's, what's that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, shoot. I dropped a few last year, so picks are definitely on the top of the list. But for me, a big thing was during this offseason, just learning that nickel position. I know Coach Spags really liked me on the inside and trying to just go from inside to outside and being comfortable with both um, was something huge for me. And, I mean, I'm someone I know a lot of guys talk about, you know, personal stats, all pro, this and that. But for me, it's always just been what can I do for this team, man. Being able to go out there and just be the best teammate on and off the field is something that I pride myself in and something that I continue to do each and every day. We found out Sky Moore last year. Uh, he said that he, the hobby he picked up was watches. From year Ooh. one to year two, you start, you know, you get the yeah. NFL paycheck. Have you yeah. started picking up a new hobby? Shoes. Shoes, I okay. Feel like my That's the shoes first one. That went gets everybody. 10 to 20 to 30 to, <laughs> man, I'm throwing shoes out. I'm like, yo, little brother, have these, dad. Wait, what size these. are you? Just, I was about to say, let's figure out if we man, can get Alex a pair. Hey, if you need some shoes, hit me up. For sure. <laughs> oh, what man. size are you? 11 and a half, 12. Oh, oh perfect. There you right. go. Hey, there you <laughs> go. Right up your alley. Perfect. <laughs> I like it. Hey, I, I did want to go back to we asked. I mean, the number, you're obviously switching because that's your college number, right? Yeah. That's where you were at. Yeah. Uh, are you worried about the Pac-12? It's not looking good, man. I'm a Big 12 guy, and, and you got Colorado now coming back to the Big 12. You got USC and UCLA leaving. What's going to happen for your Huskies? Man, it's been crazy. I can't believe that all this is happening i mean i know the pac-12 is a competitive um conference and they always taking each other out but um it'll be interesting because you got usc ucla traveling way over on the other side of the country during the winter time so i know that's gonna be a little different colorado's out i mean utah's talking about it so um whatever washington does i know they're gonna be in a good spot because they have a new coaching staff who really is is something special and i mean I haven't been able to go back there yet, but they're constantly hitting me up, telling me about things, and I think that's just something really special, just having a coach that didn't coach me still reach out. If they're not going to be in the Pac-12, where do you want them to be? Because there's a chance they're not going to be in the Pac-12. I'm not sure how that's going to go over the next couple of weeks. Oh, man. I, I feel like all these conferences now are huge, like SEC's yeah. giant, Big 12's giant. I mean, we need to go somewhere where we can be competitive, but 
I don't need them in a 20 conference league, you know, where everybody's <laughs> you need just the, killing each other. That's like, Big 12. That's what you want. You want the Big 12. We need a little bit of selectivity in there, you know. We can't be in a huge conference like that. So maybe Big 10, I don't know. Or just, man, stick it out. Pack eight. Who knows? Whoever knows what it is, man, write it out. Just as long as they'll call you a power five and invite you into the college football playoff We're and all good. that stuff, you're okay. We're good. As long as we can go to the college football playoffs, that's all that matters. When you look around this team and try to get a sense of, you know, where they were, you weren't here after the last time they won a Super Bowl. Mahomes yeah. has said this one felt different and he's even more motivated this time. Yeah. What's the sense of, like, the post-Super Bowl motivation? Yeah. You come in the league in one year and win one. It's kind of hard to not yeah, want anything but that. It's hard to even – I mean, us rookies talk about it like, man, we don't even know what it's like to just have a regular offseason because, you know, you go from the Super Bowl to straight to OTAs. And, um, honestly, this year it feels like this team just has a sense of urgency. Like, everybody is – Locked in, everybody's ready to go. It feels like there's not many days that we're missing, not many days that guys are like, oh, I'm sore. Just like everybody is ready to get back to work, and that's exciting to be a part of because I'm, I'm a guy who just works like that. Like I wake up every day ready to go, and just being able to be out there with a full team like that, um, it's, it's exciting. We're really talking to, to Trent McDuffie here on 610 Sports Radio. A lot of focus on the wide receiver room and a bunch of new faces, some young guys. Now it's year two for you, though, in the quarterback room. What, what's standing out for you with the wide receivers, though? Who have you maybe enjoyed matching up with the most? Yeah, man. Um, man, Rasheed Rice, that's definitely a cat who can play. I mean, he came in here trying to learn that offense. I know Sky Moore can talk about it. It can be an easy offense to learn with Andy Reid calling those plays. But he's coming in and put his head down, hasn't said much, just got to work and has been making a lot of great plays and is really impressive. Is he as good as uh – challenging the catch i guess you know like going up to get the ball yeah, as it I looks mean, like on film he's a big body which is going to help him a lot in this league um he's physical he can run routes good and when you got a guy like patrick mahomes that's going to put the ball in the perfect position you got to catch it and he's been able to catch it every single time do you think you've already do, like i was just going back here like he's a big body and i remember like yeah. the whole thing coming out of camp we talked to you last camp yeah. was oh people who like oh he's undersized or trent should be bigger or he's gone higher in the yeah, draft. Yeah. you feel like you've gotten rid of that People aren't bringing that up anymore now? Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard a lot about it. I mean, I think it's because we won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, what can you say <laughs> about the Super Bowl champion? But uh, I feel like I bring a lot of other skill sets besides being the tallest or the strongest. Um, I'm just someone who's out there just making plays. And I think I showed that a lot last year coming back from that in injury. Is just, man, I like to hit. I had to go make plays. And I'm someone who's just going to always be around the ball. Okay, do you – do you, so what was a worse field? Week one? In Arizona, the one you got injured on, or the Super Bowl field? Same field. Which one was worse when you played on it? Man, I would say the Super Bowl. Oh, it was so slippery during that Super Bowl. And, I mean, we were changing cleats. Anything we did, um, yeah, we were just slipping. I mean, that's part of the game. You know, you can't complain about it because it's the field. You can't change it. But it was definitely surprising. Yeah, there's some people in Philly have been complaining a lot about it, though, Trent. They've been complaining <laughs> plenty about that. I, you're right. You guys, you would have thought you guys were playing on a different field than they were, the way there's some, some people have been talking. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard too much about it. I'm not really <laughs> on social media like that. But, man, when you lose the Super Bowl, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can point at that could have messed you up. Trent, last thing, and then we'll let you get out of here. When you – I guess when you go into year two, you said you're motivated by the Super Bowl stuff. We understand that. How easy or, you know, like when you watch like Mahomes on the quarterback series and those things, how easy is it to stay that level of motivated when you know the quarterback you've got, I guess, works that hard? Yeah, yeah. Um, man, when you can just look at any of these bets out here, I mean, you talk about T. Kels going on year, what, 11, 12, I think yeah. it is. You got O-linemen who are way up there. Um, D-linemen, I mean, guys who I know how my body feels, especially at the Super Bowl, after games. I'm 22, you know. I, I'm sore and this and that, and – 
I know it can be pretty difficult. But for guys like that who are on year 11, year 12, I bet their bodies are killing them. <laughs> and knowing they're going to wake up, come to work, get out here, run as fast as they can, do the things they have to do, um, it makes me be like, okay, there is no excuse for me to be lazy or not want to wake up or not do this rep because you got guys way older than you doing it. So just being able to look up to them and knowing that they're also got your back, they're also going to come in and be like, yo, we got this. Um, we're in this together. It makes it a lot easier to wake up and go out there and play. Trent, really appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much. Uh, speak for Alex. Alex, you want to say bye? <laughs> Thanks, man. We appreciate you having me <laughs> on the show. There you I go. appreciate you. Appreciate it. Good luck this season. Thank you so much. So there you go. There's another interview. That was Trent McDuffie. And before Trent McDuffie was Nate Taylor. Now, Nate Taylor was talking about the Aminihu suspension, six games for Aminihu and the Chiefs. So another step backwards for that defensive line because you know Chris Jones is still holding out at camp. Now you have Aminihu suspended the first six games of the regular season. Now the thing with Aminihu, though, is he can play – he can do all the training camp, and he can do the preseason games, but once the regular season starts, that's when his suspension starts. So up until the first week of NFL games, he can do whatever he wants, and, and then once it starts, he has to sit out for those six games. And then when talking to Trip McDuffie, we found out that he likes shoes. His his passion now is shoes. Uh, Trip McDuffie, man, going into the second year, expect big things. Like he said, he had a couple interceptions he could have had last season but dropped some, and so he's really – toned in on trying to get some interceptions this season. I think he's going to have a really good second sophomore year. I don't think he's going to have that sophomore slump. I think he's going to have a great season coming forward for the Chiefs. When we come back on After Dark with Dusty, we're hopefully going to have Dusty actually back. And if not, hopefully Bink will be in the studio. Bink's coming in just in case of an emergency option as Dusty is still having problems up in St. Joe. But you're listening to After Dark with Dusty. Back here on After Hours with Dusty. Instead, it's the intern JT, as like we've talked about through the tele- through the broadcast. Dusty is having technical difficulties up in St. Joe. So we're trying to keep it moving. Intern JT here doing his best, trying to keep it moving. Got a lot of things happening. Right now, Bink is coming into the studio. We will get him on. But while we're waiting for Bink to get here and while we're hoping Dusty can get connected with his court up in St. Joe, we're actually going to throw it back to another interview that happened earlier earlier this week and that was with it was with Juan A. Morris the rookie offensive lineman for the Chiefs it's very interesting to see what he talks about with Cody and Gold it's going to be a a very good interesting interview rookie talks about how the offensive line is meshing together how the defensive line has shown some things and how he's adapted to the college to uh, pro and also another thing is he talks a little bit about Trey Smith and uh, how much Trey Smith likes to use money wise at Eating's places. Rookie offensive lineman Wanye Morris had enough to stop by the tent. Man, what's first of all, I'll just say like six five, what three fifteen, like mass. We were worried about the, we were worried about our, our thin chairs we got over here, man. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit over, I'm a little, I'm a little bit like two three twenty now. So okay, the chair holding up pretty good. <laughs> we were talking about this one time. An old producer accused uh, a Royals player. like, man, you must just hate going on roller coasters because he went to Six Flags. I feel like when you're this, like when you're a big man like this, it's got to be kind of hard to be like. Some normal enjoyment and stuff. Going out to dinner feels like it'd be a challenge. Uh, yeah, because, you know, we can go out. Everybody's always looking at you like, whoa, you're tall. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we were around a bunch of big people all day. You don't really think that. You know, you think you're just a normal person. All right, who's a person, like, in all your time playing football that you're like, man, now that's a big person. Like, even even you, you're a pretty good-sized guy. You're like, even you're like, wow, he's big. Uh, 
Donovan a big dude. Yeah. Donovan a big dude. <laughs> uh, Prince is the big Lucas. Lucas is a big okay. dude, too. Uh, guy I play with, Tyler Guyton. He, okay. He's huge. Like, he's t- he's like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, <laughs> Like he's making huge. you feel small. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm no small guy. You know <laughs> what, what's what's the spread like up here, though? You know what what's the what's the go to? Have you found something where you're like, oh, this is what every day. This is what I'm loading up on. Uh, me, you know, I love egg sandwiches. So I'll be going to the cafe and I just be getting me some egg sandwiches every morning, about two or three of them. Knock them down, get ready for practice. <laughs> okay, egg sandwiches. I just acro- is that always been a thing for you, or is that I, just since yeah, like I mean, the protein's good? Obviously, I love the protein and I just love eggs. Like if my mom was making scrambled eggs, she'd be like, "Why? How many eggs you want?" I'd be like, "Probably like six, seven. Six, six or seven. seven. I eat a dozen probably like a day, easy. You're like Gaston. <laughs> Do you yeah. even understand that reference? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was okay. playing along. He was playing uh, along. I appreciate it. Gaston is from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, He's okay, okay, juggling okay. the yeah, eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I forgot for a second. I had to. <laughs> yeah. No, the live play oh, movie of that was actually really good. Oh, okay. You've seen the live action. I love the live action one, too. That's okay. a really good movie. We, we've also heard, though, out on the field, you're talking about some of your, your teammates and all that. We've heard there's some good trash talk going on between you and, and Felix and Yudike Uzama. Uh, yeah. Fix it, Felix. We you know we always we always go at it just because you know he's from K State. I went to Oklahoma, and you know we just good friends. We just we dedicate to make each other better every day. Uh, that's what it's all about. Just go out here, just compete and get better every day, so we can go out there and put our best on the field. How much has he challenged you? Uh, a lot. You know we go against each other a lot. One on ones, even in team periods, it's just constant going at it. I mean, and when I get him, I can hear his coach yelling in the background, "Rip it!" <laughs> and it's so funny. So I love hearing that part. And you know, my coach, I go over and I'm like, "Why? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta fix that. We gotta pick it up." You know, it's just a constant battle. You know, that's what it's all about. Just getting I, better. Obviously, you went to Oklahoma, but you went to Tennessee too. How do you think Oklahoma's gonna fare in the SEC? Uh, I feel like Coach Venables and the staff that he has now, you know, they're really gonna make things go right. You never know really what's gonna happen first year because that's an unpredictable conference. Anybody can win that conference any any year. Uh, it's a strong confidence. It's just the physical side of part, physical side of it, you know, just people just being ready. But they have the right strength staff in place. So, you know, Schmitty, he crazy. And <laughs> he's been in the SEC before, so he know what to do to get them ready. So I'm not even worried about that. Do you uh, do college football players hate conference realignment as much as we do from a rivalry standpoint? No, nothing's Nothing matches anymore, right? Uh, yeah, it does mess up some of the rivalries that uh, were put in place, the traditions. But – to me, there's no greater honor than playing in the SEC. I mean, you get to play those big teams week in, week out, but it's a treacherous schedule, so you got to be prepared. For, be well, prepared it, for it makes sense. You got Oklahoma, your former school, going to the SEC. You played it in an SEC school at Tennessee. Yeah. What, what do you make, though, of now? It sounds like the Pac-12 might not be around here very much longer. What, what do you make of all this? Uh, people just want to compete against the best, you know. People are trying to make super leagues, and I feel like, hey, if the shoe fits, you know. I'm not there no more, so <laughs> I really don't have no choice in it. So, I mean, it's going to be good to see these teams go up against each other, uh, teams that haven't played before, uh, these leagues that hasn't been formed before. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Who have you leaned on? We we talked about the rookies last year. Karloftis was a big Frank Clark guy that's sitting here on the side. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy who you've been counting on a lot to kind of show you the ropes? Uh, you know, as an O-line, we're a unit. So, like, all of us really bond together. So, really everybody, everybody in that room. But mainly, you know, the guys I, I'm really close with, like Trey, Creed, uh, Lucas, Mike Mike Caliendo, Jawan, Donovan, even though they're new guys, they new guys here in the system, but they still have years of experience. So, you know, you can never have too much experience and too, too much knowledge, you know. So I just try to listen keep it ear open every time. Is uh, Trey different than he was in college? Uh, no, same guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exact same, same guy. guy. Exact same guy, man. Just a little cheaper, you know. Cheaper? Really? Wait, 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 He's wait, got wait, more money on. now. That doesn't make any sense. He's hey, a little man, stingy. That's the that's the right way to be, man. A little cheap. You gotta be cheap. Keep your money, man. You, hey, stay out the way. Is that is that a well known thing? You guys give him a hard time for that? Is that just a known thing? If you're like if you're going out to eat, is he is he gonna be a little a little more you stingy? Gotta fight for his end. Uh, no. Nah, if we're going to a good place, Trey gonna eat. <laughs> we Trey gonna eat. Uh, I try my best to keep up, but I can't keep up like that. Yeah, who's the biggest eater on the team then? Oh, Trey. Trey? Trey's the answer. Trey or Creed. Like, if you guys go to a steakhouse, how big of a steak are we talking? Or or is he getting (laughs) multiple steaks? I like steak now. So, like, if we went to a steakhouse, I might get the biggest steak. Okay. Like one of those big tomahawk ones? Yeah. Okay. I'll kill it. You can kill that? I'll kill it. It's gone. (laughs) Just give me the size at this point. (laughs) We're talking to Wanye Morris here on 610 Sports Radio, Chiefs rookie offensive lineman. Uh, We we also hear that you're you're really into anime. Is that right? Yeah. Is that that the biggest hobby for you off the field? Yeah, for sure. I just got a new anime tattoo, actually. Uh, I think it's on my Instagram. So if y'all want to look. But I just got a new one. Uh, One of my favorite shows, Demon Slayer, Tanjiro, Kamado, uh, He's a sun breather. It's, it's pretty cool. You got to watch it. It's a great show. Is this something you've been into, like, since youth? Like, just forever in your life? Yeah, or did you get forever. into it later? Since forever. You know, me and my cousins always watch Dragon Ball and stuff like that, One Piece together, anime fan. And I feel like that's my way of getting away from football and just relaxing, chilling my mind. Just I like to put myself in different scenarios. Not even putting myself, but, like, watch those different scenario shows and, like, stuff like that. Like, I'm big on Scandal. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like I log all types of shows. All right. So do you do like the uh, what you're describing in a way sounds like you do what we've joked about, which is just like guy daydreaming, where you're like, all right, what if this guy tried to rob this bank right now, and I tried to, hey, and I had him. to stop it. <laughs> yes, I do that all the time. I'm in the store. I'm like, okay, somebody walked in and they was on some crazy stuff right now. How would I react? Okay, doors right there, but this is right there. Do I save them or do I get up out of here? You know, it's yeah. it's a lot going on. You got to think. I feel like anime provides that a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure, because, you know, you see the situations that don't happen in real life. Yeah. And it's about, okay, maybe I could do that, too. You never know. All right, so for two guys who don't watch a lot of anime, what would your pitch be? If you'd be like, hey, it's worth getting into, why would you tell people to get into it? Uh, it's If you like drama shows and, like, soaps and stuff like that, okay. it's literally that, just animated. Okay. And with a little more, like, dramatic scenes, you know? It's, it's killing and stuff like that. Or it's not even that. Sometimes it's magic, something. It's just different. It just gives you a different perspective from it. It's like you just got to find your one show that links you to it all, and then, boom, you're going to be hooked on it. Are you a video game guy, too? I play a little Call of Duty. Okay. I play a Call of Duty. I suck at Madden and 2K and stuff like that. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't pick up the controllers? Yeah. Now, I don't know if you buy Madden every year, but are you, I mean, you actually you weren't in college when they had a college football video game. I was, so you yeah. haven't. We're all waiting for that to come back next yeah. year, I think, I feel like. But. Are you excited to see? Is that something that's kind of cool, though, and even in Madden, to see yourself in a, in a video game? Yeah, for sure. Uh, just definitely for my uh, my family back home, my nephews, they're big fans of me. And I just try to be the big, best role model I can be. And first thing, when I got drafted, my nephew said, I'm going p- to play with you in Madden, you know. <laughs> and that's a really good feeling to have your nephews. So he's, he's, he's going to have, no matter what, he's going to have you start, and he's going to yeah, move, yeah. <laughs> move you to right tackle. And he's benching right Donovan for you, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, like, it's just good to have. Like, be a role model for my nephews and stuff like that so they can aspire to, to be better than me and then do things that I did. You know what I'm saying? How old are they? Are you guys really close? Uh, yeah, my sister's kids. They uh, Dang, Samari's about nine now. MJ probably eight. Or it's probably like a year. It's probably a year under that, I think. But 
Oh, I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> I try to keep up. It's hard. <laughs> hey, you're good. <laughs> I try to keep up. I got six friends and sisters. I get it. Yeah, it's hard. I know it. Lastly, Wanye, uh, about 10 days away from the first preseason game. Yeah. I mean, I, we reached the point in camp. You've been in pads for multiple days now. Like, how eager are you guys just to get to that, even as a preseason game, just to get going up against some other guys finally? Uh, you know, you, you constantly beat each other up every day. Uh, you, you finally get the nerve to do it to somebody else. So, you know, in practice, you can't really. We try to keep each other healthy, keep people in, inside, you know, keep people going. So you can't really, like, go off, like, and just sell out. So, like, that's going to be an opportunity for us to just sell out and just be who we are, you know, be you, show show your personality on the field. So I, that's what I can't wait. I know it's the Hall of Fame game, but will you watch tonight? Jetson Browns tonight. I know Oof. it's a bunch of a bunch of backups at the beginning of the game. It's yeah. a, that extra preseason game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I will tune in, but, you know, I got to get my sleep at the end of the day. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a, it'd be long days in training camp. Uh, two and a half hour practice today. Yeah, Probably two time. and a half hour practice, uh, long days, meetings, and just getting in that playbook, you know. I got enough to worry about myself, you know, so especially as a rookie. Wanye Morris, Chiefs rookie officer lineman. Really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Nice hey, to meet you. There you go. You, man. All right, guys, so that was Wanye Morris on the Cody and Gold show, and he talked a little bit about being the rookie, about Madden, some of the things he collects. He's a huge anime guy, so that would be interesting. I'm not a big anime guy, but I've always been told I need to get into it, so maybe he's the guy I should try to contact to see about getting into anime. He also talked about Trey Smith and all that because they did play together for a couple years in college while at Tennessee before he transferred, so that was Wanye Morris. I got some good news for you guys because guess what? I know it's not dusty, but Bink has made it to the studio. So when we come back, Bink will be on the air talking with you, and it won't just be me anymore. I know you're happy. You don't have to hear me talking the the intern talking anymore. So when we come back from the break, it'll be Bink in studio right here on After Hours with Dusty.